Okay, good morning, everybody. It's the 31st of March, 2022. This is the podcast, Conversations for Men and Women. You're joined by myself, Dean Dampney, Diana Black, and Chad Taylor. All three of us, holistic counsellors and psychotherapists from the south coast of New South Wales. To give you a bit of a energy scape of where this podcast is arising from more immediately, I'm personally speaking from two of the biggest weeks of emotionality, mostly in the realms of what we consider to be hard work over the last two weeks. I've been relatively sleepless for three nights. I've purged some of my deepest issues. I've scratched open some of my oldest wounds. I've um, started this morning with running the bath at 4am, making a cup of tea and basically filling half the bath with a bucket of tears. (laughs) Uh, There's an open expression of my vulnerability. I know that Chad Taylor has come from a recent experience where conversationally I led him to the point of anaphylaxis, which thankfully allowed him to arrive in near vicinity to the Milton Hospital that was happy to basically adrenalise the shit out of him to the point where he's walking and talking more... Um, clearly and profoundly than ever, as I'm sure time will tell in the next 45 minutes. And hospital being a little bit of a theme for the two of my colleagues here, Diana Black emerges from a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical heroin haze with a, a new titanic, <laughs> titanium hip and, um, and a sense of mobility, um, hopefully at least spiritually, if not physically um, beyond what she may have ever experienced previously. No, we all know how much of a warrioress that she is and that nothing will hold her down. So on that note, we're exploring the realms of freedom. I was going to say deep freedom, but deep's not the right word. We're experiencing, we're going we're to basically make expression towards what it means to be free using that token catch cry of within oneself and within relationship. How's, um, how's freedom feeling for you, Di? Oh, on many levels, freedom. <clears throat> freedom, freedom out of hospital, uh, freedom, freedom in friendships, freedom in relationship. Um, good. Yeah, through the uh, the oxycodone haze is a bit bit of a real thing there, um, but has actually given me some sort of clarity. And I guess having the solitude, lying in the hospital for a few nights, and and also back home, um, my partner and I have sort of been maintaining separate separateness a bit just other than my physical immediate needs so we've been just doing our own thing and I've been having lots of time to ruminate which I think is a really healthy thing in relationship because I think that's when things go wrong is when we don't 
allow each other the solitude. We have to really fiercely protect each other's solitude because there's a great fear of losing our own self and our own journey in relationships, in, in friendships, in romantic relationships, in family relationships. Um, and our journey is primarily our own. We are born alone. We live alone. You know, we, are, we live in the illusion that we are surrounded by others, but our journey is solo and we have to face that final breath on our own and that final journey into the next realm. But the illusion in relationship and the happy couple and the wedding and the fairy tale dreaming of happily ever after is, is kind of a trick of human nature to get us to keep perpetuating our species, I think. <laughs> but it is a really one, a journey not to be taken lightly. You need to make, that's why the old, the old traditional wedding vows still apply you know are you are you actually ready to take this in sickness and in health in other words you're going to see you're going to see the the darkest depths of me and you're going to hate that and you're going to see the highest highs of me and and, and you're going to see that in yourself and are you brave enough to take this journey because if you're not run <laughs> that's about all i can say at this moment i think but it is doable. It is doable. You just have to make that commitment to yourself. A marriage or a relationship is a commitment to yourself. It's not, it's really, it's a commitment to the other, but it's mainly a commitment to yourself to take the hard, the hard road and the, and the deeper journey, I think. You guys obviously can't see me out there in the, in the soundscape of podcast land, but I'm smiling from ear to ear. Um, my heart is, is really you know, vibrating, singing, resonating so much with what you said, Di. I, I, I laughed out loud too when you followed the vows with, if you're not up for it, run. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is we, we have an immediate um, we have an immediate association with running as giving us a sense of freedom. And I don't know about you guys, but I've never felt that free at the other end of that exhausting run when I've collapsed in a heap and wondered what the hell I do now. It's all well and good to grab a surfboard and go for a surf in that untethered ocean to, to everything you've run from but yeah those things keep on following us it's our job to to allow the other part of our human nature within relationship to come to 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 complete fruition and and see through these cycles karmic cycles in my view um, to completion chad somber words by by me there. I wish I left it with something funnier than that. But um man, that's where I'm at. Where are you at? Yeah, thanks guys. That was um there was a lot in that to ponder. And really feeling into this conversation, this topic. I feel you know this sense of this sense of not being free comes from deeper than in, than in intimate relationships. To me, 
it's almost like we're born into this into this confine of what we've constructed of you know, life is so busy you know, everything's so busy there's chores there's lawns there's schooling and I understand all these things are I need I, I need for I guess culture to run the way it runs but that to me I think is is the deeper issue of why people don't feel free and then past experiences you know we touched on talking about past experiences and past relationships I think we a lot of us come with With all this past shit that we haven't actually healed, and then when when we want a sense of freedom and it's not there, it's easy to blame the person that's in front of us, even though we're actually trapped in our own bondage yourself. Like the problem is is in with up within us, because for me it's the same as when I you know I hear people say you know I feel lonely in a room full of people. You know, they can be at a party with 50 people and they still feel lonely inside, you know. Those sort of people, there's obviously something going on inside that needs to be healed. You know, so you use the, the phrase, you know, within, within and, then, and then outside in the world, Dean. You know, it's... Um, I think if we can start to feel free in the world, then we won't project feeling confined by others. Because I know when I'm and when I'm feeling pressured, as all I want to do is run. You know, I want to get in my van and and escape reality. I want to escape the world. And I think the same thing happens in in friendships and partnerships and and relationships where you know sometimes life is so tough and especially when when there's kids involved and there's work involved and there's mortgages and then there's chores around the house and there's yard work it doesn't stop raining you know the lawns need to be done twice a week almost you know I think I think really if, if we actually sat down and, and did an inventory on why we feel trapped or why we don't feel free, I think the people around us would probably be a fair way down that list. But unfortunately, you know, Dice spoke about, you know, the way, the way we've constructed the, the till death do us part and the, the whole confines of marriage I feel like maybe now we're going a bit too far the other way. You know, there's a lot of new agey stuff about, you know, not needing people and codependency and... But we we actually wouldn't survive without others. You know, the species wouldn't survive, but we wouldn't survive. So there's this... I feel like there's this war going on inside us of... 
of now that we actually don't need to live in tribes as such, you know, we're, we're not back in Neanderthal days where, you know, we need someone guarding the cave at night so the lion doesn't come in and eat us. And we don't actually need that anymore. We can close our windows and lock our doors in this in this part of the world anyway, where we live. And we feel safe, so therefore we, we don't feel like we need anybody else. But I don't always see that as, as truth. You know, and that flows into we we spoke about attachment styles and attachment theory and then you know, you've got the the codependency type movement. In saying that, I, I do feel like there, you know, there is a healthy need to have alone time, and there there is healthy need to to do things alone and and have that sense of achievement on our on our own. So yeah, it's something that I've really thought a lot about with with a lot of clients because I see. A lot of people end a relationship because they think that they're trapped and then all of a sudden, three months down the track, they realise that life was trapping them. The relationship was only a small part of that because most of us will always try and change the things that we think, you know, we think are the problem, but a lot of the times these, these things aren't the problem. The problem is way deeper than that. And like Di said about, you know, if you're not ready, run. Well, you know, that word intimacy, you know, we spoke about that previously into me, I see. You know, the closer you get to somebody, the more shit they're going to bring up in you. And when that starts to happen and that shit comes up, majority of us project it onto that other person because we're actually not, we don't have the consciousness or the awareness to realise that what we're feeling is inside of us. You know, I've worked worked with a lot of clients um, that were in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, and, and there's a part in that in that twelve step program, which really is another path to a spiritual awakening. That says, whenever I'm disturbed, the problem is within within me. You know, meaning whenever I have a reaction, no matter what the problem, there's actually a problem inside of me that's created that reaction. And and that's that's what I can focus in on because it's easy to project the problem out. And, and we've done this for thousands of years, you know. The the Christians had, you know, if things were going good, it was you and God. And if things were going bad, we'll project that badness of us out onto an external being called the devil. And he's, you know, it or him or that is why we acted this way. We've always, you know, we've always projected culturally all these problems out onto somebody else so we don't have to deal with them and for me i guess it's really about you know carl jung talked about kind of you know the three stages to life you know the the unconscious perfection and then you know the middle stage that most of us are caught in the conscious imperfection and then working towards you know becoming more aware and you know possibly an enlightened being, you know, the conscious perfection where, you know, we unconsciously project these things onto other people. And then the goal through that is to then work through that and then realise, hang on a minute, 
like I need to consciously recollect that, bring it back to me and see why why that's actually, why has that disturbed me so much? There's something in me that must need healing. So I'm not sure if I talked right on the on the topic of freedom, but I do know that a lot of people I work with who have come from, you know, dysfunctional relationships, being controlled, abusive relationships, and end up taking on that role of, of being controlling and abusive because they actually haven't healed what's happened to them and what's inside of them. You know, and, and I learned that a lot in domestic violence work. You know, whenever we're the victim, we become the perpetrator. So wherever we're, whenever we're not feeling like we've got enough freedom, majority of the time we're creating creating that sense of of being trapped inside ourselves. So yeah, it's a um, it's a big topic, Dean, and I'd love to hear what you've got to say on this. Big deep breath, yeah. <clears throat> Cleaning of the throat. Um, yeah, thanks, man. That was that was basically post anaphylaxis clarity, like it as good as it gets. Thank you. Um, I guess I'm just going to give a one word summary. Just rehash exactly your last. Not a one-word summary, a one-line summary to rehash your last one-line summary with a different voice and an exclamation mark. That is basically if you don't feel free, in other words, basically there's a sense of um, discontent in the realm of whatever it is that you associate with not having that that sense of liberty to whatever it is, express your emotions or sense of experience of being in whatever way it might be. If we feel discontent, if we don't feel free, it's our shit. <laughs> Full stop. So I think what's going to happen right now is I'm actually going to just run through a, um, a drop-down bullet point list, A, B, C, maybe with D and an E, of basically what I do when or what, what I'd ideally do. This isn't actually what I do. This is what I am getting better at and acting better at practicing. But ideally what I'd like to do is basically as soon as I feel discontent, um, typically it's exacerbated. It's clearer to me that I'm experienced discontent because it's become a reflection of someone that I'm in the company of. So I've walked outside the, the cave because I'm not actually scared of the tigers that might come and eat me or the lions that might come and eat me. I might be fearful of the long grass because there's no way I'm basically cutting that twice a week. Yet I'm out there in the real wide world, no longer in in solitudinal bliss, quote unquote. I feel shit and I look at the person right next to me and go, it is your fault. Because back in that cave, I felt safe as hell on my own. The only thing that's changed, apart from the grass being longer in the last couple of days with all this rain, is I'm looking at you and you did something that made me feel shit. Okay, step A, basically acknowledge within oneself that that is actually my shit. Again, rehashing what you said. Step step B, and this is something that I'm finding um, the framing of which I, I create around it a little bit different to what I've done in the past. But right now what I do is, if that expression of my conflict to the other with um, some need of validation from them because I want to bring them into relationships still with me, if there's an incongruency, if I find that 
there's not a validation from them because, of course, when we come together, we bring each other's shit into relationship as the perfect storm, quote, you know, quote unquote, um, different aspects of the same thing, more or less. When I'm finding that we're both in relationship, experiencing um, different versions of, of the same conflict and are incapable of seeing through each other's eyes or empathising with the other without genuinely being able to validate in the other person that their experience is, is completely valid. I, in step B here, have to acknowledge within oneself that my causes and conditions, my circumstances through history of time leading up until that point are such that my conscious, my sphere of consciousness is simply just not overlapping their sphere of consciousness, which of course comes from their own personal causes and conditions through their history leading up until that point in time. And with that, it gives me this freedom to understand that we're both just immersed in non-overlapping spheres of our personally manifested karmic consciousness. Step C, how do we create an interlinking and overlap of those two spheres of consciousness, consciousness for validation, for relief, um, for the sense of being seen and for the um, personal evolution of being able to see someone else from such a far distance. And that is to, um, to ask them with our most open minds and open hearts, how is it that you've come to your experience of, of this present conflict? What is it? Can you, can you give me the, the nuts and bolts, the details, the history? I want to know everything that may not seem, you know, pertinent to you because it's your experience of being and always probably has, but I need and want to know to bridge our stories, everything that's led to your point. And in relationship, if we're lucky, we can do that in union. We can do that in reciprocation. Until those two circles of independent spheres of consciousness can overlap to the point where step D, I feel like you you end up in this momentum of moving forward, of recognising that there's growth which is coming through process. And if we're lucky, we can, um, we can humble ourselves, we can um, engage in deep humility as we validate each other in union for honouring each other in union for having the experiences that we've had in our independent historical causes and conditions that led to this conflict so that we can come further together. The momentum will take us there because we've basically been able to see these energies as, as one perfect storm that in getting to know it even better allows it to blow away with the, the winds of change and acceptance deep acceptance, and that is freedom right there. Now, Dan, if I put a point E in there, let's say that is everything for E and F is for freedom. <laughs> Shit is, starts with S, doesn't it? No, there's no way we're going all the way down that list. Okay, D is for Diana Black. 
goddess of goodness, what have you got for us, Di? Jeez. Um, no, that was lovely. I'm amazed at your ability to speak so in such an organised, analytical way and have A, B, C, D and E. That was really impressive. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I love that, you know, I had a visual of relationship, which is, a, is not new. It's not my, my vision. But, you know, we as individuals, if you can visualise two circles, we are two, two individuals and the relationship is just the overlap, the, in the middle. And that's all that is. I mean, it's as close as we can get. And it is literally an overlap. And, uh, it's a good visual because codependency is actually the two circles on top of one another. And to do that, you're annihilating one another's basically. So the relationship, you know, the union of those two circles is that beautiful, you know, the intersection. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. All righty. Um, no, that when that stuff comes up in your, in, in a relationship, in any relationship, um, and what Chad was saying and you were both saying, it is our own stuff and we can actually create drama and it's and projected onto the other person. Um, I guess a, a concrete example of that would be if you're feeling a bit confined in a relationship, you may create a situation where there's conflict so you can actually get out the door. I mean, I know I've done that in the past. Um, you just want to get out so you have a fight so you can justify that you, you want to get out the door. And the the better option would be to say I'm feeling really I really need some space I love you and or whatever I'm not I'm not saying that you know I, I want to end the relationship or I don't like you or whatever I just need some time to reflect and I, I need to get out the door but we tend to sit up set up situations of conflict unconsciously I think to experience what we are actually struggling with ourselves but you know I love what you said Dean you know you need to actually be able to step out of the play or the what is playing out in a conflict and go hang on a minute we are in our stuff here this is not if you can both acknowledge that you're in your stuff and um go hang on and yeah honestly say I think what's happening is that I'm remembering the confinement a situation in a previous relationship or in my childhood where I just wanted to run I just needed to be on my own and and the other person may be having the opposite experience they may be experiencing incredible uh, fear of being rejected or abandoned so they are going to overact so they've triggered each other's stuff but actually being honest with one another and sitting down and really sharing one's conscious knowledge of what their life path has been and attributing their emotions that they are experiencing in the present to past wounds is the first step 
towards being able to have a healthy relationship. I mean, it, this is where therapy is amazing. And I think we have all drifted apart as a society. And I do think, Chad, that we are naturally social beings. And it is really sad. Like my grandmother used to be my therapist or my, my best friend is was my therapist. Now, you know, we are we are so frightened of sharing our deeper truth because we've especially with COVID and everything, we've all become so solo and um it must be a, a universal consciousness thing. You know, we're all just suddenly being forced by the outside events to contemplate our own journey. Um but we will have to, as things get tougher, we will have to pull together as a race, a human race. And there's nothing like now, actually, what's going on in the world is triggering for many people a lot of fears, especially the older generation who have experienced the reality of war. Um, this is really a weird time. I think I'll hand over to you guys now. Hey, um, <clears throat> amazing. Thank you so much, Di. I couldn't agree more on every single point there. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. That really means a lot. And, Chad, this one's for, this one's for you. And, um, I know you've got stuff to say to that as always. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks, guys. So I talked about, you know, the need for therapy. You know, I guess sometimes when we sit here and talk about this stuff, you know, these topics with people who have studied them and done them, it seems kind of like it should be a conversation that everybody can have. Like we should actually know that it's our stuff. But that's unfortunately not the majority of the world. You know, I was just sitting there thinking about friends and family closest to me and how if I tried to have this conversation with them, how that would go down. And I can't really think of many apart from the people in my close circle that work in this field or or have a passion in this field. Um, I don't think there's many that I could even, you know, they wouldn't even get the word, this is your stuff or this is your past conditioning or you're acting this way because of something that happened to you in childhood. Like I really don't think that that, that is even in somebody's consciousness that hasn't been to therapy or hasn't started on this journey of, of conscious ac consciousness acquisition or evolving. And in an ideal world, wouldn't it be a great place to be to, um, you know, imagine if that was the, you know, I was just sitting here imagining if that was the, the common place where, you know, I'm in a line at the shopping centre and I'm, I'm getting cranky because I'm in a rush and, and something happens and, I, you know, I might huff and puff and then the next minute I can say to the person in front of me, look, this is my shit, sorry, mate, I'm, I'm just in a rush and, you know, 
this is past stuff coming up for me. And then he can, you know, he he or she can then retaliate. But, oh, that's okay. Yeah, I, I get that a lot as well. And, you know, this is like Dean gave us that that little snippet of what we could do, you know, the, the dot points. Wouldn't it be nice if, if people in the world could actually give us this information? But unfortunately, we live in a world where this isn't on offer. And even sometimes trying to trying to have this conversation with somebody is hard. You know, we talk about pushing edges in therapy, you know, which is, you know, it's a, it's a boundary line between the conscious and the unconscious. You know, our stuff generally is, is repressed in the unconscious. And there's a boundary line between that, which is virtually an edge, which is a reaction generally. And sometimes those reactions aren't in line with the way we should be acting. And and once you're sort of skilled on that and, and understand it, you can look for that. But to most of us, you know, it um you know, like I had a client come to me worrying that, you know, whenever her daughter seen something really scary or was in trouble, she'd laugh. You know, and to me that's that's that boundary line, that's that edge behaviour. And what I'm saying is as adults, that edge behaviour generally turns out as projection. When we feel that, like Dean and and Di and I both, all three of us touched on, we quickly project that onto the other person because it's actually unconscious to us. It's unaware. What it means is we're not aware of it. And the only real way to become aware of this stuff is to slowly you know, dig into that unconscious through therapy, through inner work, through journaling, meditation, prayer, courses, seeing a shaman, hypnotherapy, whatever, whatever modality you feel is necessary for you to start to making that unconscious conscious. You know, there's a saying by Carl Jung, and I'll actually finish on this. You know, until we make the unconscious conscious, it'll direct our life and we'll call it fate. And what that sums up with this with this whole topic for me of freedom is, you know, until I realise why I'm not feeling free, I'm going to project that onto everybody else around me. And then when things go badly and relationships end and friendships end and I still feel shit, I'm just going to call it fate. I'm going to call it the way of the world. You know, and I feel like we're at a time now where that isn't good enough. You know, consciousness is more available now than it ever has been in the world. You know, we're evolving, our brains are different. We can we can accept this stuff and we can do something with it, you know. And I feel like we all we all have a personal responsibility to start digging deep and doing this inner work because, you know, like Di said, clearly the way we're living in the world isn't working, otherwise we wouldn't be having wars and pandemics and things wouldn't be the way they are. So, yeah, I'm just glad I've been able to share this space with you guys today and, you know, it, it, there's, this conversation energises me, you know. It really energises me and I just wish it was more ready, readily available and I could have it more out there in the world because this, this, you know, I want to talk about this and I want to talk about wars and COVID and weather and rain and, yeah, they're all things in the world, but this is what's important for me. So thanks, Dean. Thanks, Di. I look forward to next week.
Thanks so much, Chad. Um, thanks for the thanks for the G up. Um, I hope everyone heard it. I did. <clears throat> I did. I'm feeling. I'm actually feeling really moved. I, I think everyone out there will be able to sense that there's a a, a real energy that we've um, slid into. That's um, that's moving forward. That's for sure. I'm feeling that myself at least, and I hope you all feel it too. So, on that note. Following up from the G up, let's let's do that work. Let's get practiced in becoming conscious. Following any of the any of the cues that you know will allow you to move towards growth um, and do it diligently. I've got one final note before I say goodbye to you guys, and that was a recent experience where actually I realised that my sphere of consciousness, that my circle of um, of being able to empathise, was so far removed from the other that I wasn't getting anywhere near. And, you know, I also had some clients recently that exhibited the same thing, both of them yelling at each other, how come you can't fucking understand me, they were saying. And my word to them, my word to myself that was gifted to me by a beautiful friend just recently as well, starts with T, it's the letter after S, and this word is Tonglen, it's a Tibetan Buddhist practice, and it's simply saying, well, rise above yourself to your highest self, to the divine, to everything that you can be in your highest form. And if you can't understand their perspective, what you can understand is that they're suffering, full stop. They're expressing that really, really clearly and take their suffering on because we're better than simply sitting in the presence of someone else suffering and not doing anything about it, no matter what we're feeling get out of ourselves, stop so selfishly assuming that we and our perspective in our circle is... Okay. If we simply can stand back and accept that the other person is suffering and that our little woes are, um, are actually not that important, not as important as basically allowing someone else to know that we, we don't want them to suffer and ideally we can take their suffering in the practice of Tonglen or whatever you want to call it, take their suffering and, and take it into our hearts and, and radiate that energy with, with that positivity, with that loving unconditionality that frees both of us. So... On that note, here's another week for the podcast for conversations for men and women. Um, we really, really sincerely hope that you guys hear that GRP, hear the call, and can continue to grow as, as we strive to as well, together, um, alongside each other, uh, in as close an approximation to deep loving union as we possibly can. Chad's gone. Di, I'm going to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I feel like I, I stole a little bit too much oxygen this time around and, you know, I really feel in your eldership that your expression of, um, of quietly listening deeply was, um, was an expression of, of freedom in itself. I really felt that. So thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, Dean. Okay. See you next time. Bye-bye.